0: Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again that we have the freedom to assemble here together in your name to sing songs that praise you and bring glory to your goodness, to take time to remember your blessings, And most of all, Lord, that we would take time for the preaching of your word to be challenged, to allow the Holy Spirit to do his work and change our hearts and lives. We ask your guidance and direction on each part of the service, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And once again, let's take our Bibles and turn to Psalm 37. We do not often do uh, series on Sunday mornings, but occasionally, and, and uh, last Sunday I got about halfway, two-thirds of the way through the message and realized I wasn't going to get even halfway through my outline. And so I said, well, just pick up where we left off last Sunday morning, this morning, and let's just start reading in verse 1, get just a little review here. We're going to read uh, down through verse 8. Pret not thyself, Psalm 37, verse 1, Pret not thyself because of evildoers, Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord, and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Threat not thyself in any wise to do evil. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the beauty of your word. We thank you that it's not only a wonderful thing to read, but Lord, each one of these words were placed here under divine appointment. We ask that we would learn, and Lord, that We would allow your word to change the way we live. We pray that we would willingly surrender our hearts and our lives to the words of your book called the Bible. Give us grace. Lord, our prayer is if there be one here today that is not saved, that they would see their need of salvation and understand how you've provided that salvation for them through this work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Lord, we just ask that you would encourage us in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is a song. This was meant to be sung. In churches, they came up with what they call the uh, metrical psalms or the metered psalms where they had a, uh, a way of, of kind of singing them or chanting them in rhythm to, to each other, but that was nothing compared to what really was. And we don't know how that worked, but as most songs, there, there's a story involved here. And Hebrew poetry is very different in, than English poetry. Now, English poetry, as long as you can make the words sound like they rhyme it's poetry have you listened to some of the things they call poetry has anybody seen those i think most of them are gone but i i just have to rail on that poetry in motion in the subway Does anybody remember that i mean if that is poetry well we need to we need to get a new language i'm sorry that that was awful stuff uh but then you listen to some of the songs that are out there and and i mean they just they just have to rhyme something and you know what the next line is going to be because you know the person writing the song has an extremely limited vocabulary and that's just going to be this and that and the same thing over and over again the hebrew idea of poetry instead of rhyming words They rhyme thoughts and ideas. They would either build them in succession or they would contrast them. In this psalm here, we have both. He is taking in the first part of the psalm, the verses that we read, and he is building these ideas. Again, these are commands. Uh, It says, fret not thyself because of evildoers. The world is full of evildoers. We're not supposed to be worried about them. I don't know how many sermons and how many uh, newspapers and periodicals I've received in the few short years I, I've been in the ministry here of how that, you know, they're, uh, they're going to take all religious broadcasting off the television and, and the country's going to uh, go to hell in a handbasket. Well, let me tell you something there's religious stuff on television, the country's still going to hell in a handbasket. Uh, Religious broadcasting is not going to save the nation. Uh, Religious politicians are not going to save this nation. The answer is not in all of these things that are out there. The answer is in individuals getting into this book. And stop the worrying and fretting over what's going on out there. Because the more we worry and fret about what's going on in the world, the less time we have to surrender our hearts and be obedient to Christ. That's what this psalm is all about. You're not going to fight evil with evil. Oh, I know. Uh, I was walking through the subway and they had this poster up there. You just can't help but look at the stupid things and was Hellboy 2 or something like that, and then underneath it said, believe it or not, he's the good guy. And I'm going, sure. This is the world's idea. You fight evil with evil. No, you do not. You stop. Evil people. Is it a shock to God that evil people do evil things? Have you ever thought about it that way? You think God's upset? I've had people say, if I walk through the doors of your church, or building will fall down on me. Well, not unless I take the supports out of the beam and trip it as you walk through the door. It's not going to fall down on you. The building's built a little better than that. I don't want to tell you what I did. It might shock you, preacher. I live in New York City. You're not going to shock me about anything. I'm sorry. It's not, God's not upset when wicked people do wicked things. You read your Bible, he rather expects it. What he doesn't want is he doesn't want his people worrying about what unsaved people are doing because you're not serving God when you're worried about the world. Could we say amen to that? Somebody said, Did you did you study the Da Vinci Code, that, that movie? I mean, it's all against the Bible. I said, No. I'm not going to read Ron Brown's stupid book. It, you said, but but a lot of people think it's true. Hey, how many people remember Mr. Applegate and all the people that wrapped their faces in purple bandana- bandanas and stuffed a plastic bag over their head and suffocated themselves because he told them they would get on the mothership together? Uh, does anybody remember that? It was a uh, nine or twelve people committed suicide together. All hey, People believe anything! I mean, could we... Do I even need to reference politics this morning? People will believe anything. Don't fret yourself because of evildoers. That's where we start here. But let's look at the big picture. Everybody talks about this thing. Now, there's a a bunch of commands here. One, fret not thyself. Number three, verse three, trust in the Lord and do good. Verse 4, one of the most misunderstood verses in all the Bible, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Not because He's going to give you what you want, it's because you're finally going to be smart enough to want what He wants. Amen? Then we get to verse 5, Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in Him. How many of you have worried about getting in trouble for doing right? Now, let's raise our hands. Come on, let's be honest. If you've tried to do right, especially in a wicked world, you have worried about getting in trouble for doing right. Isn't that true? That is directly opposed to God's Word. God doesn't want you to do right just for the sake of doing right. He wants you to do right because He said so. Amen? Do right, commit thy way unto the Lord, trust Him, trust also in Him. What's it say? And He shall bring it to pass. God makes things happen. Amen? Am I in the right church? Let's try that again. God makes things happen. Okay. Now when I go like this, it means you have to give a nice loud amen. That lets me know that we're all awake and still heading in the right direction. We we can give illustrations. How many people here remember what the basement in the in this building used to look like? Does anybody remember what that I mean? I remember one person uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Brother Clayton said, "Man, your basement used to look like the dungeon." He said, "We really like it now." And uh, boy, it was a big mess for an awful long time, wasn't it? Well we Well, guess where the big mess is going to be this year? If you haven't figured out, uh, it's right here. And, and so we're going to just but you know what, We'll trust in the Lord. We'll commit our ways to the Lord. And he, He'll bring it to pass. Amen? We'll, we'll get it done. Here's the tough one. Rest in the Lord, verse 7. And wait patiently for Him. How many of you like rest? Isn't rest a wonderful thing? There's a lot of confusion, and if you read any of the older commentaries, they'll talk about, you need to keep the Sabbath day, and I'll have a picture of people going to church. Uh, I'm sorry, the Sabbath day is not Sunday. The Sabbath day is Saturday. And if you go down the block here, you'll meet some of our friendly Seventh-day Adventist people, and they'll say, you have to worship God on the Sabbath day. No, the Sabbath day was never a day of worship. It's a day of rest in the Bible. You say, you don't keep the Ten Commandments because you don't rest on the seventh day. Shouldn't we rest on Sunday because you're supposed to rest? No, we're supposed to rest every day, my friend. I'm not earning my salvation. Jesus paid it all. Can you say amen to that? When's the last time you served God with your own effort? You just answered the question. That's impossible. We have some men that are wanting to help us in the children's church, and we're training them, and I said, listen, number one, we, we don't want people with great talents or abilities. Because if you're trusting in your talent and your ability to do this, then you're not going to God and getting what He has for you to do the same job. I would much rather have someone stumbling through a lesson under the influence of the Holy Spirit than have some slick snake oil salesman just enamoring everybody with his uh, presentation. Let me tell you, God is not impressed with our talents. Amen? Amen. He must, must, must give us what we use to serve Him. If you don't get it from God, you can't use it to serve Him. Amen? This is what the Bible said. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. It always looks like the bad guy's going to win, doesn't it? But did you read the rest of verse 7? Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way because of the man that bringeth wicked devices to pass. Boy, doesn't that describe what's going on today? I mean, there are people who are prospering because they developed wicked devices and they've brought them to pass. Where is the $62 billion that Mr. Madoff made off with? Wouldn't the judge like to know? Let let me tell you something. You couldn't. if, If you wanted to feed those dollar bills through a shredder, it would take you half a lifetime to get rid of $62 billion. I read a little email the other day. Put $1 trillion... In focus, if you started a business the day that Jesus was born, approximately 2,000 years ago, somebody else read this too, it's amazing, and you were losing a million dollars a day, you still have about 700 years to stay in business to get rid of one trillion dollars. There are people who are spending their entire life worrying about what people are doing and how they get away with it and they get so indignant and they get all uh, upset because somebody got away with it. If you're resting in the Lord, you're not worried about what they're doing because, let's read the rest of the psalm. God's going to take care of them one day. You can stand before the judge and you can get away with an awful lot of stuff. But when you stand before God, do you think you're going to get away with anything? In fact, let me ask you, when you stand before God, do you think you're going to stand before God and say, God, I'm sure you're glad that I got here today. Finally, you can look at my life and how wonderful it is. Let me tell you what you're going to be worried about. You're going to be worried about every failure that you have failed. I praise God that every sin that I've ever sinned is paid for with the blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. Amen. Aren't you glad God doesn't have to open that book and read what's in it? But if you're not saved today, God's going to open that book and He's going to read everything that's in it. He is going to convict Every sinner, look at verse nine, for evildoers shall soon shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. I've got in my notes here Inherit the earth. Isn't there a promise in the New Testament? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now if you've run into uh, your friendly neighborhood Jehovah's Witness. They'll say, "See there, see there, heaven's on earth." It's not there, no. That uh, we were buying some scaffolding equipment, and the man at the salesman at the place was telling us. He said, uh, "Yeah, the Jehovah's Witnesses. He said they have got a really unique philosophy. They believe that heaven is go- that what's here on earth is going to be made into their heaven." Man, I'd hate to believe that, wouldn't you? I'm glad that what's here on earth isn't going to be my heaven. It says here that you'll inherit the earth. Jesus is going to have a kingdom on this earth that's going to rule and reign for a thousand years. By the way, do you think Jesus is going to have to raise taxes to pay for his governmental programs. I'll tell you, it will be the only time in the history of mankind where true justice has ever been meted out because only God can be truly just. Amen? I'm looking forward to that. But meekness is not trusting in yourself it is going in the authority of another that's why it says wait patiently here on the lord and it says but those that wait upon the, wait on upon the lord they shall inherit the earth if you're letting god do the work what are you doing resting are you angry if you're waiting on the lord no How do most of us wait? Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Come on, I don't have time. My watch broke. How long does it take you to get dressed? Let's get out of here. That's the ladies waiting on the men, right? Listen. If we're waiting on the Lord... Are you going to stomp your feet at the Lord and tell him to hurry up? Some of us do, don't we? We never do it outwardly because God might see it, but we do it in our hearts. That's what fretting is all about. But God can see right through into what's going on in your heart. you got to get that problem solved down deep, and then God will take care of the outside. Amen. I have to work on that. Get Brother Zach to put a big thing on this. We'll leave the screen up. It says, amen, with an exclamation point. Get everybody to get on board here. Let's let's read here. Verse 10, it says, For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be, yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just, and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. Look at verse 16. A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. Verse 19. Verse 18, I'm sorry. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. Do you see how the psalmist is contrasting what happens here to those who do not obey these commands, evildoers, to those who do obey these commands? The word that the psalmist uses is the word meek, because I am surrendering my authority to the words of this book, and I'm doing what God says. I am not fretting. I'm trusting and doing good. I'm delighting myself in the Lord. I've committed my way unto Him. I'm resting in the Lord. I'm waiting patiently from Him. I've ceased for anger and forsook wrath, and I'm not fretting myself in any wise to do evil. If I could only just cheat a little bit, This will really happen good. Boy, that is a big lie. Don't believe the devil. Don't fret yourself in any wise to do anything that's evil. Trust in the Lord. Wait patiently. He's watching. Let's skip down to verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him With his hand. I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil and do good, and dwell forevermore. These are the things that God simply wants us to do. I could ask you the question how many of you have sinned this week? Every hand would go up because we're human beings. If we spent as much time worrying about departing from evil in our own lives so that we could draw closer to the Lord and trust in Him more, how much more blessed would our lives be? How much more carefree would we be? How much more peace would we have in our hearts? You know, when it's the hardest to get along with other people, is when you're having the most difficult time. Isn't that true? When you're just keeping your nose above water, it is hard to be kind and patient with other people. I do not like heights. I don't like being up there on the third floor, working on the ceiling. And I have to ask my son to be gracious with me and forgive me because I'm just struggling to keep from falling off that thing while we're trying to get some work done, get the screws in. Andrew, hurry up! Now, is that the way we ought to live life? Absolutely not. But what are we doing with our own lives so many times We're just trying to make it. We're just holding on. And then somebody comes up and wants something. Give me a break. Wrong. Trust in the Lord and you'll have what you need to help others. Amen? That's how it works. We all, as human beings, like to do things that help other people, do we not? That is part of human nature. But you can't help someone if you're drowning in the river. You've got to get with God and start doing these things and allow God to build your life so that you feet can be solid enough Help someone else. Let's start in verse twenty-eight. It says, "For the Lord loveth right; for the Lord loveth judgment, and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever. But the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell there for dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of God is in his heart." and none of his steps shall slide. The wicked watcheth the righteous and seeketh to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he he shall exalt thee to inherit the land when the wicked are cut off. Look at that last phrase in verse 34. Thou shalt see it. Amen? You're going to see God get the victory. I read the book of Revelation. That's the end of all things. God wins. Amen? I want to be on His side. I want to be following Him. It doesn't always look good. Look at verse 35. Another contrast here. I have seen the wicked in great power spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passed away and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. I mean, you look at the great people who have done great wicked things. I mean, they just like disappear, don't they? Every once in a while, when I was a kid, walk through the checkout, and there'd be one of those stupid tabloids Adolf Hitler, alive and well, in Argentina. Anybody remember that? I mean, everywhere you went, At 93 years old, he's still plotting to take over the world. No, they've, they've never even found his remains. They're gone. Boy, he looked like he was going to take over the world, didn't it? Study your history. He almost did. He came closer than anybody to getting the job done. But they don't even know where his grave is today. Gone. What an illustration of what the Bible says. Amen? I mean, they know where Lenin's grave is. But his whole system is Gone. Everything that used to be Soviet Russia is history. All oh, the oppression is still there. Yeah, the KGB is still there. All those things are still... But they're, they're not doing what they once did, are they? Even the Chinese have become capitalist. We live in a world where the wicked are only going to go so far. Don't waste your time worrying about them. Guess what? God may give you the opportunity to share the gospel with somebody while they're young and keep them from becoming one of the great leaders of wickedness in a future generation. Amen? But if you're so busy trying to figure out how to stop everything that's going on today, you're not going to have the freedom to be used of God to do what God really wants to do. Let's read on. Verse 37. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. It says, Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. Now, someone may say, how many... How many people who've named the name of Jesus Christ have died violent, horrible deaths? It it doesn't say that your life is going to be perfect without tribulation. It says the end of that man is peace. What is my end? What is your end? It is in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ if you're born again the Bible way. Amen? You may have some suffering here on earth. Jesus promised us that tribulation would be part of our service for God. But what is here in this life is a very short time compared to the end, which is an eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. These are the things that God has. And we have another contrast here. It says, but the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But salvation, but the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they were very good and faithful servants. Is that what it says in the original Hebrew? No. Because they went to church every Sunday. Doesn't it say that in your Bible? Because they did good. Does it say that? Helped little old ladies across the street and were very nice, never lost their temper. Now, those are things you ought to do. Amen. But that's not going to be salvation. Your salvation is because you trust in him. Now, that's what this whole psalm is about. We've walked through all 40 verses in two Sunday mornings. Now, we want to spend a little bit of time trying to wrap this thing up. This is a psalm that if you spent the rest of your life just trying to live the words that were in here, you'd be pretty well off. Some good things would happen. But God has not meant his word to be just isolated. He, he has put this in the context of the entire Bible. And this morning, I just simply want to ask you a question. Are you trusting in you? Or are you trusting in God? Are you trusting in you? Or are you trusting... In God, that's what this psalm is all about. You say, but I'm worried about what's going on in the world. Okay, um, what are you going to do to solve it? In Bible college, we had what we called snack shop theology. That's where all of us super intelligent well-learned, incredibly versed Bible college students sat down and bought little cheap snacks and solved all the world's problems. You can tell how good a job we did, can't you? And don't tell me that it doesn't happen at the water cooler at work and everywhere else and on talk radio and all these things. I mean everybody's got all the answers. If they have all the answers, why aren't they working, my friend? It's because they don't have the answers. They only think they do. I'm going to go back to Psalm 37, verse 1. "Fret not thyself because of evildoers. If I'm worried about what is going on in this world, I'm not trusting in God, I'm trusting in me. You see how simple that is? Now, how many of us have trusted in ourselves this week instead of God? Every hand ought to go up. I mean, this is is what we're talking about here. How many of you were secretly glad when Bernie Madoff's bail? Proposal was rejected. Now don't raise your hand on that one. He's going to get his. That's fretting yourself because of evildoers. It really is. How are you going to be enriched or hurt by this guy either going to jail or not? I remember when Bill Clinton was elected president the first time, my wife was worried about me. I got nervous. I, I fretted. I went on a 10-mile walk just to try to clear my head. Finally came to a conclusion. God was a little bit bigger than Bill Clinton. And you know what? History's proven that conclusion out. Because we're still worshiping God, and who cares where Bill Clinton is today? Amen. And when this election started looking like it was going the direction it was going, I said, you know something, I can't afford to waste any more time worrying about all the things that are going on. And I've been praying and I've been asking God to keep me from getting all wrapped up. I mean, I turn on the radio and, wow, it's awful. I mean, the whole world's going to end in 60 days. Friend not thyself. am I are you trusting in you? Or are you trusting in God? If you're worried about things, you're trusting in you, we've got to start working on that in our lives. Amen. If you're trying to earn your salvation, if you're trying to make yourself good enough to please God, let me tell you something you're trusting in you. you're not trusting in God. We're going to have baptism in a couple of weeks. We love to have baptism around our church because we love to take the time to illustrate the truth that the water doesn't save you. It's Jesus that does. Amen? What is your delight? We talked about this last week. If you could have an hour To do the most favorite thing, the most wonderful thing that you like to do, what would you put in there? The Bible says, Delight thyself also in the Lord. Our heart, I mean, know the verse, is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it. That's what our heart is. Now, I could ask you, how many of you have proved that with your life this week? And of course, every hand would have to go up again. We have to force ourselves to delight in the right things. How many of you know what it is to delight in a bag from the bakery? But you do that too often, what happens to your body? And clothes don't fit anymore, that's all. And your veins get all clogged up and you die early and, you know, all that awful stuff happens. You can dig your grave with your fork. What do you have to do? Pretend you're a teenager again when you could eat everything you wanted and it didn't bother you a bit, right? No, it doesn't work to pretend you're not a teenager anymore. I get jealous every once in a while. I remember what I used to do when I was a teenager, never showed up anywhere. Can't do that. And if we do not start delighting ourselves in the right thing and teaching our hearts to desire the right things we will destroy ourselves. That is the nature of every human being. Delight thyself also in the Lord. What are you doing in your life that requires God's intervention to make it happen? Let's try that one again. What is going on this week in your life that if God doesn't do it, It's not going to get done. It's not going to get done right. Most of us, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, um, Well, it says, commit thy way unto the Lord here. If I've got it all planned out, whom am I trusting in? Am I trusting in God or am I trusting in me? This psalm permeates every area of my life. This is not meant to be just a happy jump up and down. Because if we don't come face to face with what we're doing wrong, we'll never trust God to make it right. And this is where we need to be, is living the words. Rest in the Lord. And wait patiently on Him. I hate delays, don't you? I just, when trying to do something, I, I just like to get it done and get it over with. It was like when we opened the wall over there, then we found out there was a rotten floor. So we fixed a rotten floor and found out there was a rotten pipe. So we fixed a rotten pipe so we could fix the rotten floor so we could fix the rotten wall. And then we get the wall almost up. And there's a whole lot of other things that need to be done before we can finish the top half. It's called patience. That way you don't have to start over again after you've finished your work. The Lord will show us what He wants us to do in our individual lives if we'll just slow down enough to follow Him rather than asking Him to follow us. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him. When is the last time you've had to trust God to do something? You know, God is the only one that changes people's hearts. Amen? Don't get in the heart-changing business. Only God can do that. You have to wait for the Lord to change people's hearts. Then we can rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. And it always looks like some evildoer is going to come along and win the day. You don't worry about what... We've read enough in this psalm, know what happens to evildoers. Let them alone. You're not going to win the battle by fighting the evildoers. You're going to win the battle by fighting yourself and serving the Lord with your life. That's what this church is all about. It's to give you a place to come and be honest about who and what you are as a human being, and to struggle together to serve the Lord another week until we come back together again, look at the Word of God, get challenged, and go out again. You say, that's not a very positive outlook, Pastor. Oh, it sure beats what else is out there, let me tell you that. I don't want to trust in myself. I want to trust in the Lord. It says, Mark the perfect man. I get tired of everybody is doing whatever. Not everybody is doing all those things because we're here this morning. Amen? Let's encourage one another to continue serving the Lord. Salvation comes. God's deliverance comes. His strength is there. Not because of your goodness, not because of your perception, not because of your astute analysis of all of the, uh, whatever you're trying to figure out. It comes because you trust in the Lord. One verse and we'll be done. Except ye be converted and become as little children. Shall no wise enter into the kingdom of God. You know, little children can trust. Amen? Andrew played the guitar this morning. When he was just walking, he's the only one that's ever done this, I could put him up on a table and he would just walk right off the end of the table and I'd catch him. I mean, he wouldn't even miss a step. He'd just... Dump, 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 next step right in the air and I'd catch him and he would giggle and have fun. Now, he trusted me to catch him. Praise God he stopped doing that because I don't think I could catch him now. He's bigger than I am, taller anyway. But that's trust. That's what happens in the heart of a little child. Amen? We've become too adult to trust in the Lord. And we miss out on the blessings that God has for us day by day. We're all the time trying to figure things out. We're all the time trying to make things happen. You say, well, you're just sticking your head in the sand. No, I'm sticking my head in the book. It's a whole lot better place in the sand. I don't have to clean out my ears and eyes when I'm done. Amen? I'm going to trust in the Lord. You say, well, what are you going to do when it all falls apart? Uh, Trust in the Lord. What are you going to do when it all falls apart? Well, I got my handy six shooter and I got my. Hey, listen, who are you going to shoot? I just hope I'm not around when you fall apart. I'm going to trust the Lord. That's where salvation is, not only in the life to come, but in this life here today. I'm going to just keep doing what God said because he said to do it. That's how we honor God, amen? Amen. The question is, who are you trusting in? Are you trusting in you? Or are you trusting in God? Let's bow our heads. There's no way I could name every scenario in every life. though I've tried to name quite a few today. nor am I trying to say I have all of this perfectly in line and you ought to be like I am. No, I'm saying this is a place where we struggle together to be obedient to God's Word. How many would say, Pastor, I'm not being obedient to the commands that are in this psalm. And I want God to change me, to make me obedient to his word. Would you just slip up a hand on no one's looking around. Pray for me. Just right now, just slip it up and put it back down all over the auditorium. God has shown me a place where I'm not being obedient to what's in this psalm and I want God to change my life. Would we have anyone here today that would just simply admit the need say, Pastor, I'm not even sure what this being saved thing is. Uh, uh, I'm... I think I am. I hope I am. I certainly don't want to be lost. Would you? But I'm not sure. Would you pray for me? Would just slip up a hand and put it back down. Just pray for me, preacher. I'm not sure about my salvation. Okay. Thank you. We'll pray. Anyone else? We're not here to embarrass anyone. Call any attention to you. My prayer doesn't save you. It's just a way of. You, admitting that fact to both yourself and to the Lord. Anyone else? Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer. Lord, you saw the hand that was raised saying, I'm not sure about my salvation. Lord, we pray that you would give us an opportunity to open your book called the Bible and to answer those questions. And show how that you can know your sins are forgiven and heaven's your home. Not on what we feel, not on what we do, but upon what Jesus has done, what his word says. Lord, you saw the many hands that were raised, saying, there are places in my life where I am not being obedient to the words of this psalm. I'm I'm worried. I'm not trusting in the Lord. I'm I'm trusting in my own ways. I'm not delighting myself in the Lord as I ought to. Lord, we come before you as a needy people. I love the words of this psalm. We can fall but not be utterly cast down because you hold us up. Lord, we pray that that would be true. We pray that we would simply trust you. That we would bring those circumstances and those problems and those pains and those sufferings one by one. And commit them to the only one who can do anything about them, to the God of heaven. Lord, we ask that we would be able to see and understand The winning of the wicked is very short-lived. We will see their end. But Lord, let us trust you and serve you. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. Our hymn of invitation is one that we use often.